0: Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30am, 8.45am, 11am, and 5pm, with Sunday school for all ages at 10am. I also invite you to connect with the Chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is my last time to preach three times on a Sunday morning. I'm just taking it all in. (laughs) Taking it all in. What a great occasion it is. It's Trinity Sunday, but also it's the last time I'll have to preach three times on a Sunday morning. So a great feast day it really is. Now to the sermon. I love teaching confirmation classes. Every year we teach confirmation classes in the spring to get ready for the bishop's visit, which happened a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoy teaching those classes, especially teaching about our liturgy, teaching about our worship, this, what we are doing here and right now. I love teaching and discussing with folks who are not just new to the Chapel of the Cross, but are perhaps new to the Episcopal Church, talking with them and teaching, discussing why we do the things we do in our liturgy, and the prayers that we, we pray, the, the meanings behind that, theological or practical. And so, of course, these are people who are new to the Episcopal Church, so when you teach on liturgy and worship, it comes with a lot of questions from them, a lot of practical questions like, why do you bow to the cross as it passes you in the aisle? Or why do you bow to the altar when you go up to it? Questions like that. There's this one question that never fails. Every year, I get it. Every year, this question is asked by someone. They ask, how do you, how do you cross yourself? How does, how does that go? And, and, and why do you do that? And when do you do it? And so I'll get up and give a demonstration... Our confirmation classes were on Zoom this past spring, so it was a little bit harder. You know, I had to make sure the camera was just right so they could see what I was doing. But, you know, I tell them, you know, start at the top: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, left shoulder, right shoulder. Some people bring it back to the heart, bring it back home. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I, I, I talk about when we do that. You know, whenever we invoke the uh, the Trinity, like we did at the beginning of this service, Blessed be God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You'll see people do it then. You'll see people do it at, at, at other poignant times during the service uh, when they're moved to do so, such as uh, the absolution when the, the priest gets up and uh, pronounces the forgiveness of sins. You'll see people do it there. And then put some people, when they uh, reach out with outstretched arms and, and, and open hands to receive Jesus at the Eucharist, you'll see people cross themselves before, uh, before they receive the bread or, or the wine. And so it's always a lively discussion, always a, a good discussion surrounding that. So in, in light of that, um, you know, in light of the fact that we Episcopalians do that, uh, you know, I think it's the old adage, while in Rome, do as the Romans do, you know, well, while worshiping in the Episcopal Church, do as the Episcopalians do. So that's why people are so interested, newcomers are so interested in what that's all about. And so there's lively discussion uh, around crossing and and the meaning behind that. So in light of today being Trinity Sunday, it is a Sunday in which we give thanks for the unity of God and for our deep relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We give thanks for our relationship with those three entities, those three persons uh, of God. Uh, In light of that, I'm wondering how we would incorporate a fourth member into the Trinity, especially when crossing ourselves. Because I was told a couple weeks ago that there is a fourth member of the Trinity. So I'm wondering how it would go, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Flower Guild. (laughs) That's what I was told by a Flower Guild member in this spot, that Flower Guild is the fourth member of the Trinity. The 9.30 Bible study on Wednesday mornings, they hold to a very high regard. Bishop N.T. Wright, who is a biblical scholar and theologian and a bishop in the Church of England. And um, you can't say a bad word about Bishop Wright. And so I often joke that the Bible study holds him uh, as a fourth member of the the Trinity. So it would be Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and N.T. Wright, as I often joke with them. Of course, I'm being facetious, but nonetheless, I do believe there is a fourth member of the Trinity. I do believe that there is a fourth member of the Trinity. When I just graduated high school, I went to Tizay, France. You're probably familiar with Tizay. It's where we get all those lovely chants that we sing from time to time in our worship. And I spent about a week in Tizay, France. And so the day before I left, I went into their gift shop and I bought this painting on a small piece of wood that is in my office to this day. And I didn't really know much about the painting. I just thought that it was really pretty. And so I bought it, took it with me, and it has really been with me ever since. And so I have, through the years, found out more and more about it. It was done in the 17th century by a guy named Alexei Rublev. It is called the Holy Trinity. It's a very beautiful piece of work. It is three angelic creatures, three angelic persons, sitting around a table, sitting around a table, in communion with one another, in relationship with one another, in community with one another. And so a couple of years ago, I read Richard Rohr's The Divine Dance, which is a commentary on the Trinity. And Richard Rohr is a theologian and a Catholic priest. And the cover for his book was this painting, The Holy Trinity by Alexei Rublev. And so I read the book, and... Richard Rohr speaks early on about this painting and the meaning behind it, and he said that art historians are pretty darn sure that there is something missing from the original painting. They have surmised that there is uh, residual glue on a piece of the painting right where this table is where those three creatures, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are sitting together at the table. They think that there used to be a small mirror there, So, that when you looked at this painting, when you looked at the Trinity, reflected back in that piece, in that mirror, is yourself. So that you are the fourth member of the Trinity. You are a part of that relationship. You are in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is what this Sunday is about, Trinity Sunday. It is about relationship relationship between Father, Son and Holy Spirit and our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This relationship has existed since the beginning of time, and we see it in the creation story. Saint. Basil the Great writes in his book "On the Human Condition that when God created, he said, "Let there be this and let there be that." y'all remember that? Let there be light. Let there be a dome in the sky and let separate it from the waters below and let there be every living creature, every winged creature above and every fish in the sea below, so that every time God created something, God said, let it be. But when God created you, he took a minute. As St. Basil says, the wise one deliberated, the master craftsman pondered, God did not rush to create you. God took a step back, discerned, pondered, and wondered. God said, not let there be humankind, but let us make humankind in our own image. Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three are a part of your being. All three are in relationship with you. As the psalmist says, you have been wonderfully and fearfully created. And you are perfect in the sight of the Trinity who created you. Took a step back and said, it is good. Earlier at the 845 service, we, uh, we baptized Annie Verdon Baylis. She too is now a member of this Trinity. She, too, is in relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A relationship of love, a relationship of deep grace upon grace, a relationship of compassion and mercy and endless forgiveness. A relationship that continues to call her back, call her back home. Because that's what we get with the Trinity, a continued relationship. And there's nothing we can do to separate us from that relationship. Let us make. You are made perfect. You are made holy in the sight of the Trinity. It is often three holies to describe the Trinity. We'll sing that song on our way out. And of course, we hear holy, holy, holy during the Eucharist. That is what is used to describe the Trinity. Holy, holy, and holy. But there should be a fourth holy there. There should be four holies. Because God the Father is holy, God the Son is holy, of course, we got the Holy Spirit, and you are holy. Four holies. You are holy. You are perfectly, fearfully, and wonderfully made in the sight of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.